everybody. Welcome to Tim's show. Here's, here's his intro he's about to do right now. Thank you, Kyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another fun installment of 48 Minutes, brought to you by 48MinutesNetwork.com. Um, I know we said we were only going to do one episode this week, but we had so much fun with the Christmas Day basketball games, and Kyle was available. So we were like, you know what? Let's just do an episode tonight. Why not? We pay for this network, so we can do what we want with it. There we go. We grown. Yeah. We grown. So... Uh, we're going to touch base. It's about an hour long today. We're going to touch base on all of the NBA games. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about LeBron James being injured. Don't worry. We're going to get really into that. Uh, talk about the Warriors' struggles. Talk about Giannis, uh, that, you know, Kyrie Irving and what he's really good at and just about it. Are there any, anything else we should probably highlight for the people So besides spoiling the show? Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to Langston Galloway for hitting us up on Twitter this week. Holla. Love, love Langston Galloway. Love my Pistons. Love his shoes. His Q4s. Love it. Best decorated shoes in the league. Decorated shoes. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Digging it. Though, Carl Anthony Towns Prince Hyperdunks were pretty sweet. They're great, man. I, yeah. like, I just wanted to give him a shout out. That's hey, it. Hey, I feel ya. I want ya. So, this is a fun show. Uh, we got a little bit into everything on all things Christmas Day basketball. So, without further ado, here is 48 Minutes. Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Nuggets is confident, but they hear the what we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just run it. As long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. You know, I can't have you and I just do a show together without doing my classic forever, ever GLK is in the building. What's happening, guys? How are you? It's good, man. Good good to be on 48 Minutes. Yeah. How was proper. your Christmas? It was awesome, man. It was uh, my daughter. She's 18 months, so it was her first like real Christmas. Yeah. Um, it was good. And then I did some retail therapy after. Got myself some new shoes. I'm an Adidas man. You're a Nike guy. <laughs> so... A little clashing here in the studio. Jesus Christ. So, Checks over stripes. Hmm. All right. So we'll edit that part out. Uh, but it was a really I, good I Christmas. I produced the show, so I can choose, pick and choose what gets edited <laughs> out. You know this, right? It was a very good Christmas. Uh, what about you? It was great, man. It was awesome. Like, honestly, so we did the, you know, we had dinner Christmas Eve with my with my grandparents, and I did the normal thing there. Um, Christmas morning with my mom at my mom's house, and I came back here just cleaned like my house needed a much needed scrub job yeah so yeah oh, we've been we've been talking about it in a different group chat that you're not in oh i figured <laughs> i'm kidding yeah I'm kidding. um but great basketball yes yes absolutely man um so as always the nba always delivers on christmas day um a lot of fun like we had some fun games here we had some some duds for sure um that bucks Knicks game was kind of like okay you know it was like it was the honest show which is what we expected to be i did call he'd score 30 he dropped what 32 yeah i there's something about the first game on christmas though yeah that I, noon tip off i love it everyone's in the pj's pre-show i there that one feels the most christmasy to yeah me. i agree i think that the day progressively loses its christmas vibe and becomes kinda, more of a basketball day yeah it becomes basketball day yeah, you know, presents have already been opened. You already did, uh, you know what I mean. You probably already opened presents. You, I don't know. You're just 
once you get lunch in you, it doesn't feel like Christmas. Yeah, I feel that. Especially because my mom made the mistake of getting, like, she got, like, a Christmas ham this year. But, like, she thought it would be, like, a thing where it would feel like a family of six. It probably fed, like, a family of 15, dude. Good. Like, it, there, it's still in my I'm glad fridge. she didn't get just a regular ham. It was <laughs> yeah. a, I'm glad it was a Christmas ham. Yeah. Good. It was serious. Good. Yes. Um, but back to the basketball. Yeah. Um, so the Knicks really put up no fight. Um, we find the first out, half. I yeah. guess the first half. We find out Christoph Porzingis now won't be evaluated again until February, which is heartbreaking. It's I think so he's, heartbreaking. I think that no one's really talking about him, which I guess now it looks like they shouldn't. But like a year ago, you know, halfway through the season, he was an MVP candidate. Yeah. So I would have really liked him to come back. Uh, but there's still a couple bright spots on the Knicks. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Tim Hardaway has played really well this year. I do too. I think he'll. I think it'll be interesting to watch what happens with him. There's not really a great reason for them to keep him. No, not at all. The, the, He's got good value. There's teams that need a shooting wing. Yeah, you know, the money's not great. Yeah, I think that a team like Sacramento a team like even Detroit or something like that, I think that Tim Hardaway could be a good fit there. Dallas would be cool. Dallas would be cool. Like, Wesley Matthews is an expiring, right? Like, yeah. Something like that where, no point, you're losing anyways. Yeah, because I think... Uh... And you can get value for him. You should... Uh, well, Dallas can't give, really. I don't even think Dallas has a pick to give since... Yeah, this they is the Luka trade. Right, they gave a pick there. That and, like, I'm pretty sure David Fisdell's like, man, I already have, like, 14 point guards. I can't take Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. I I like Frank. I do, too. He's, and he, he looked good. Yeah. I feel like if you like, like, Lonzo Ball, like, that type of, like, yeah. all right, I realize he's not going to be a great shooter, but he's a really good defender. He could facilitate. If you like that and are okay with that, then you should be fine with it with frank i agree you know what i mean i don't think he's gonna like be getting all-star votes really in his <laughs> career but i think he's fine he'll be in as many all-star games as probably bradley beal i mean i'm mean, not as auto porter will be in his there you go. yeah yeah um but kevin knox has been a really really bright uh yeah he has absolutely i think he's really been you know the most exciting thing especially with porzingis being out yeah, so since December 9th, that's the last eight games, he's averaged 20 points and six and a half boards, which is really good for a rookie. You know, Very 20, good. 26 and a half. The only problem is in those eight games, he, uh, their team has only won one game, so they're one and seven. I can see you checking fantasy basketball right now. Are you playing against him this week? No, I forgot to take Alonzo <laughs> Trier off my bench. <laughs> Just in the middle of a podcast, I look over and you're just. You said the Knicks. I thought of Trier, and I was like, "Oh, he's still my IR." On your phone, fantasy basketball. I could be looking at worse things during a pod. That's fine. Um, Kevin Knox also, in the last eight games, he's averaging uh, shooting forty one percent from three. But the crazy part about this, he's shooting forty one percent, which is really good, right? Yeah. I think once we hit the forty percent mark, we kind of. That's kind of the number I, I have in my head on, like, what's really good is that that 40% mark. He's averaging seven threes a game. That's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot. lot. That's a lot of threes. So He's like, when I was at Kentucky, Calipari didn't let me shoot these, so now now's my chance. It is nice to see him. You know, he's getting big minutes. There's games where he's getting, you know, 
37 minutes and stuff like that. It's, it's yeah, nice he's he's definitely been important to that team for sure. Um, I think, you know, I don't necessarily hate the Knicks young core. During a podcast, we're just going to open a beer. We're just going <laughs> to put it right in the microphone and open it. That's what you're going to do. You're going to get on me checking fans basketball. It was like a it's like a start of a Lil Wayne song. <laughs> we need the yeah, um, yeah. So I, I I like a lot of the Knicks young pieces. You know, we didn't even mention Mitchell Robinson, who I still like a lot. Who is so far when he's been on the court shown ridiculous athleticism. Um, I I am just, you know, but what are they gonna do without Ron Baker? You know, <laughs> why why do you think the internet is latching out to Ron Baker? Because he has a perm. Do you think it's his hair? Do you do you think it's his hair or remember? his like his neck head size thing he has going on? I don't know. Go get the white basketball player bingo board out again. We'll just cover all those. <laughs> I, it might be his hair. Yeah. If he had short, if he do you had short. Remember short... when uh, Dan Dickow played at Gonzaga and he had a perm and people were like, "Oh my god, that guy has a perm. Cool." And like they thought he was cool. <laughs> he went to the NBA and people were like, "Yeah, Dan Dickow. Who? The guy with the perm. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah." But I don't think I can really get too much more out of the next conversation. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, their whole team was uh, negative in the plus minus. The Good. entire team. Good. Everyone. They had 10 players play. Mm-hmm. They had 10 players in the negative. On the other end? And Enos Ganser was negative 10. Yeah. You know, he's really good at defense. <laughs> I This is going to be my, my hill that I continue to go to and die on this season. Is Enos Cantor just putting up nothing, you know, putting up putting up numbers that mean nothing? I mean, yeah, just empty, horrible stats that mean nothing, and they just lose every game. So, yeah, he's gonna be that kind of like keep it up, Enos. That big, big, big stats, bad team guy. Ben said that Enos Cantor was going to make the all-star team. Yeah, he did. And he was like, mark my words. Mark it down. (laughs) We quoted it. We did mark his words. On Twitter, it is marked on the internet forever, Ben. We quoted it and made it one of our memes advertised the episode that week. I'm going to tag him in that old tweet (laughs) just to bring it up. That's a good one. Yeah. I've never been wrong about basketball, so I can make fun of people, of course. Sure, yeah. (laughs) So on the other end, the Bucks. I mean, obviously, you know, when you have Giannis, things are a little easier. He's so fucking good i know i know and he is he was plus 15 which is obviously very nice um brooke lopez gave him 20 points and he didn't really shoot all that well he was one of six from three in the game the thing that stuck out stood out to me with the bucks was Giannis's blocks yes um how he just stops and lets you get past him because he's it's almost like like lebron used to do that but like i think you know with his arms being longer than lebron's it's almost like he does it better yeah, I noticed Embiid doing it too. Where he'll he he doesn't necessarily mind if you beat him mm-hmm. per se. He just wants to get to his spot. Right. He knows that if I get to this spot, I can block the shot. So it doesn't. Everything else doesn't really matter. Um, he had two blocks, but he also had another block that was uh, called back for goaltending. I know one of the blocks. Uh, you know. They think it might have been goaltending. Doesn't really matter. It's so nice to look at when he's yes, it is when, he, when he's smacking them off the glass. It's awesome. Um, that was kind of the highlight I thought of of this first game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think overall we kind of saw that these teams are what we expect them to be going into Christmas Day. Yeah, I think I think that's the way to summarize it. 
I'm really upset Pat Connaughton didn't get any Christmas Day minutes. What the shit, bud? Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, he was like, he's been like in and out of the rotation. He's played well when he's been in. Yeah. And like, like, he, like Dante DiVincenzo gets two minutes in the game. Sterling Brown? Yeah. Thon Maker has been pretty good for them too, by the way, coming off the bench. Yeah, I I expected a lot from him when he first got drafted. Well, because he was 30? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could talk about that on your on your uh, at large. That that seems like an at large big conversation. Yes. Yeah, you could talk about that on your college show. Well, shit, Buddy Heel just came out and he was like, "Yeah, I'm actually 26." <laughs> yeah, but that one wasn't really hidden, right? Right. Yeah, I am 12. <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, so let's go to Houston OKC. Um, Rockets come back, win this one by four in the end, Come have a comeback victory. Um, you know, another crazy Paul George game, 28 and 14. Um, Russell Westbrook gives 21, 9 and 9. And I think Patrick Patterson is just past the point where he's good at basketball now. I think there is no coming back. <laughs> that very well might be true. Yeah. It might be true. Like, when they signed him, I was so excited. I was like, that's a great piece for them. He's another shooter. He can stretch the floor, and now it's like, no, he's he's just he's just a guy that wears a uniform now. There's only three exciting people on the team. Right. Okay? Stephen Adams is boring, I think. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Grant is very boring. Uh, Terrence Ferguson is boring. I like Hamadou Diallo. I like him. Yeah. He's fun. He's Jeremy Grant's like the most boring athletic guy in the NBA. You're like, wow, yeah, yeah. He like he'll throw down cool dunks, and you're like, oh, that was neat. Hamadou Diallo could be in the dunk contest, dude. I'm all for it. He could be. Yeah. Well, he like ex- barely escaped a horrible injury earlier in the year too. Yeah. Nerlens Noel's boring. Yeah. This, I mean, this whole game was was three all stars, but right. Chris Paul not on the other end. Austin Rivers makes his Rockets debut. I mean. Needle mover, right? When we talk about Austin Rivers, me and you were talking about this earlier yeah. before the pod. Austin Rivers is kind of just the lowest hanging fruit in the NBA right now. It yeah. used to be Carmelo. It seems like it's Austin Rivers, and it seems like this. It seems like we have this uh, notion of Austin Rivers that is worse than he actually is. I think he's kind of like a like Coldplay, right? Yeah. Where like there's jokes and memes about Coldplay, and like uh, you listen to Coldplay and stuff. But, like, when we get down to it, like, oh, yeah, Coldplay. I, I, yeah, I kind of like them. Um, but, like, it's just the lowest hanging fruit. It's so easy to make fun of. Or, like, Nickelback. Nickelback's definitely not good, right? Right. But are they actually the worst band? No, they're not actually the worst band ever, right? Right. Definitely not good. Yes. But it's just, like, they're the they're just kind of the consensus band we make fun of. Right. And I think Austin Rivers has become the Nickelback of the NBA. The NBA. <laughs> <laughs> where where we have just that's gonna be the title of this week's episode austin rivers is the nickelback of the nba we have just ostracized him and just made him just we picked him you are the chosen one to be made fun of and that's it you'll wear the crown yep carbello lease houston you come in it's like by the way speaking of houston i don't is brandon knight not necessarily like i'm not gonna say is he ever gonna play again is he ever gonna like walk again because i feel like he's been hurt <laughs> For like four years now, <laughs> like he's got like that Grant Hill thing where Grant Hill was hurt for the first two years he was in Orlando. I'm like, okay, are you gonna play basketball or not? 
Yeah, at this point, Tim is really concerned for you, Brandon Knight. Please reach out. Just let Tim know that you're okay. You right. have the ability to walk again. Yes. Uh, it's also really funny that Carmelo is still on the Rockets. Like, let us not forget, he's still on the Rockets. It's just, he's not with the team. There's not a break. It's like Ross and Rachel and friends. <laughs> We're like, he's not allowed to, like go with anybody else right even though lebron's like yeah he can come to la no there's not a break tim there's not a break not a break tim (laughs) gary clark no minutes i was kind of shocked by that because it's he's been like mike d'antoni's like love piece that he got this year uh james ennis no minutes here we go james ennis so this game was basically (laughs) won because james harden dropped 41 and clint capella had 23 rebounds like that basically won them the game clint capella looks great again he does he's yeah he's continued to look really good i just love that james ennis was like the solution for this team i can't believe they got james ennis they're not gonna skip a freaking beat they freaking cut uh zinqui yeah, I, yeah, this team is winning. They're winning. Yeah, they're winning. They're definitely again. doing that. Um, but it, it just everything feels really off with this team. It doesn't feel like it's clicking. I don't know how much Harden and Capella can really carry this team. Yeah, I don't either. Especially like Eric Gordon was seven of eighteen from the floor. I mean, that's um, that's not very good shooting. It's not like going to get. Get the job done. And then Daniel House Jr. started the game for the Rockets because, <laughs> sure. Because what not? Yeah, I mean, someone's got to guard Paul George, right? Yeah, I think this team, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they need to do something. If they can move a, a you know, a contract or two during the, the trade, before the trade deadline, I think they need to. This just, this roster is not going to cut it. Right. This, this ain't it, Chief. This ain't it, Chief. So, on the, let's go to the next game real quick. Um, the Kyrie Irving game. I mean, I'm sorry, the Sixers versus the uh, Celtics. Are you a Kyrie guy? Um, yeah. So, like, I have this weird theory on Kyrie and it doesn't make any sense at all. Like, you're going to totally correct me on it, I know. So, like, Kyrie Irving is, like... A Kyrie Irving theory that doesn't make sense? Right. Is it about science? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Kyrie Irving is like elite at three things and just like all right at everything else. Playing in May. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like handles, shooting, and like just like end of the game ball, like, like you know, something, the ball, the game's on the line. Right. Like other than that, he's just like there. But those three things alone make him like a binge worthy top 10 player, like at worst, yeah. top 15. Yeah. And I think it's really weird because like, Defense, he's obviously gotten better since he's been in Boston since he has a coach that cares about defense, and he has good defenders around him. So he's a good team defender. I don't think he's a good individual defender. Um, I was really impressed he had 10 rebounds. Yeah, I'm ready for him to be elite as a playmaker. Yeah. Elite as running an offense. Yeah, like he's not an assist guy. Like He'll occasionally have like a 10-11 assist game, and you're like, what can you do this whole time? But like I don't think, I think there might be two, three, four guys in the NBA I trust more of the shot than him. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, like, Durant, Steph, Harden. Yeah. Uh, Lillard? Yeah, that's close. I don't know. At the end of the game. Dude, game time? Oof. 
Uh, Lillard's <laughs> up there, man. Yeah, he is. I'll take I'll take Lillard and I'll take Durant. I'll take Irving as far as clutch. Yeah. And I'll take here we go. This is my uh my workaround. I'll take LeBron to make the right decision. Correct. Maybe not himself shoot, but I think that he will get the basket, whatever that looks like. Whatever you know what I mean? Yeah. If I he's got if he has to pull up and shoot the three, I like it. If he has to pull up and shoot a two, I like it. If he has to back someone down, dribble, pass, whatever it is, I think that he can make the right decision. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I totally agree with that, actually. But I, I do put Kyrie Irving in that elite category. So, as far as a closer, he's elite. Is Jimmy Butler in there? I think he's got to be discussed. He's got to be discussed. And so this is my frustration with this game. Jimmy Butler was brought to this team when we when they brought him in. I just kept hearing over and over again. Now they, they have their closer. They, they have their closer, closer, right? He was their closer. He was their closer. First two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. First two weeks, end of the game, fourth quarter. His second game there. Buckets. Buckets. Jimmy G. Buckets. And and he was the guy. He was their closer. And so I just I don't understand. And and Reddick is good. He's yes, really good. Absolutely. And they went to they went to Reddick uh, earlier in October in a game against Detroit. It was at Detroit. Um, they went to Reddick within the last five seconds of regulation. Reddick hit the shot with like two seconds left to send it to overtime. So I've seen it this season two months ago where Reddick has hit that shot. So I don't totally disagree with it. I just think Jimmy's your guy. Yeah, that's your guy. And I just didn't feel like Jimmy was as involved in that game yeah and i'm wondering if that was more like him or if that was the the game plan as far as like how everything went because it seemed like their spacing was really off in that game on offense crazy right yeah and like i I mean let's go ahead and do it you know like we love ben simmons here we're fans of him but shoot just (laughs) and like we said like it's not even necessarily if you're good at it just Pull pull up every so often, every so often, just so like they feel like it's a threat. You could take it, you know what I mean? Like, Demar Derozan is like well known for being like a very mediocre three point shooter. He'll probably get, like, he'll, I mean, there's years where he shot like twenty two percent. Russ, Russ, yes. Yeah, so who we talked we've talked about a lot this year shot under you know shot his career low, but people still were like okay they might pull up and take it. So the the problem is on every single pick and roll, the defense can't just go under 100% of the time. They can't go under 100%. That's just – it's horrible for spacing. It's not fair to your teammates, right? Because you have to create separation somewhere. It's just – it's not fair. It's not what's best for the team, I think. You know, there has to be that threat where the defender wants to go over to stay with you to try and defend that three-point shot. Instead, they're just cutting straight to the lane. They're just – they're like, I know what's going to happen here. Right. And I think, too, at some point, it's just going to kind of get to that point where they're going to they just like leave them to that point. Like, it's just going to be them waiting around. And I think, you know, he's obviously an unbelievable athlete, and he is a giant, giant human being. But, <clears throat> you know, this is the NBA. Like, how many other point guards do we know that, like, don't take threes in the NBA? Yeah, um, we'll get into Justice Winslow a little, a little later. 
even Justice Winslow, has hit a three in 16 of the last 17 games. Right. You take, I mean... Chris Dunn shoots threes. Justice Winslow was playing center two years ago in lineups, right? And now he's, you know what I mean? It's just everyone's doing it. It doesn't matter. He Twitter is so excited about that. Oh, yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, I just think Philly's got some things to figure out. I'm not going to go to the argument of, like, they need more people because any team that has Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler should be winning. Yeah, we did this the other day. All three players are, you know. Top 20 at worst. Top 20. So Warriors have three top 20 players. Clay, right? Is Mm -hmm. Clay's top 20? Yeah. So they have three top 20 players. Any other team have three? I mean, no. 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 No other team. Yeah. Like, the Lakers have one. You know, the Clippers don't have any, probably, if you, like, have to name off the top of your head. Toronto might have two. Lowry's playing, like, an insane person this year. So yeah. you can make an argument, but I, I don't know if he makes top 20. Yeah, San Antonio definitely doesn't. Uh, Oklahoma City has two. Right. Yeah, I think Steven Adams is top 50. Sure. But, but they have the talent to to keep we can't just keep saying they're one player away. Yeah, cuz at some point it's like <laughs> okay, you went on 2K, you turned off salary cap, you turned off all trade exceptions, and that's what you want the Sixers to be at this point. Right. Yeah, they have three all-stars. They have Literally. three all-stars. Like that's it. They have three all-stars and JJ Redick. Yeah, you know how many teams would love to have three all-stars and JJ Redick. Three all-stars and and uh, one of the best shooters of all time. Yeah, like I'll take it. You're doing. You're okay. Like it's it's time. Right. So on the other end, the Celtics. Um, oh, obviously... real real quick. This goes to Ben Brown, right? Ben Brown not calling. Brett Brown. Brett Brown. Ben Brown. I, ben I Brown said works ben... for us. Man, I miss Ben. I love that guy. Shout out to Ben if you're listening. <laughs> uh, this goes to Brett Brown, and he's struggled at the end of games to call the right play. We saw it last year against Boston where they'd pass it to Joel Embiid. Joel wouldn't even get a shot off. He's not getting his players to shoot threes. It's it's frustrating. So Especially in a game where Embiid was really good. Like he was every game. Yeah, every game he's great. Every game he's great. There's there's not bad Embiid games, I feel like. The thing about the Butler trade I think that's kinda like not highlighted much is they're not really deep anymore. Yeah, you know what this team could use? Robert Covington. Robert Covington would totally fill out that lineup. Yeah. You know what they could use off the bench? Sarge. I mean, I still if you can get Butler, you get Butler. Absolutely. But like, yeah, I mean But like but like those two people, man, if they had both of the I mean, I know you can't have your cake and eat it too, but Right. Man. Yeah, I think I I don't regret I mean, I don't have anything against them making that trade. No, means, I think but, they do it every time, but Right. So on the Celtics end, uh, we are now we're in the area of Gordon Hayward coming off the bench. Um, Marcus Smart got to start the two. Um, Horford, Tatum, Marcus Morris was the was the round out. So the Celtics are kind of you know they've they've been so up and down. We've we've highlighted that quite a bit this year. Um, but I think I like feel like the only thing you really talk about this game was Kyrie Irving and just Kyrie Irving doing Kyrie Irving things. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kyrie just. You know, really stepped up. Um, Christmas, what, 2016, when he had to turn around. Yeah, over Clay. Uh, in the, you know, in the right key over Clay. 
that was an awesome Christmas moment. This is just, I mean, I thought this was just as impressive. So Kyrie stepping up like he always does. I mean, he, he steps up when the lights are the brightest, it seems. Yeah. So. Like the ball, the way they like <laughs> bounce off the rim and I was like, oh, that's going in. Like he had the one where like came out the front of the rim and like went up and went in real quick. And I was like, okay, this is just the Kyrie Irving day. Right. He's Uncle Drew right now. Yeah, for sure. So the highlight game of the day, well, what we thought was, you know, discussed about, like everyone wanted to talk about was LeBron and the Lakers going against the Warriors. And this is probably going to be a pretty long discussion, I'm sure. Um, do you want to do a LeBron injury? Just start there. Yeah, let's start there, and we'll okay. get we'll go around everything else. So, first off, like I was really really impressed with how the Lakers were playing for the whole game. Um, I thought for that for them playing a team that was far better than them. You know, they did a really good job. They were like they were hitting all their defensive assignments. You know, they were getting all their cues on offense. They were running their offense fluidly. You know, they weren't making a ton of like mental mistakes, and like you see a lot of young teams in those games kind of make those situations especially playing a juggernaut like that. So when LeBron went out, you know, the Warriors make a run to go back in it. They're down two, like with like two minutes to go in the fourth, in the third quarter. And this is classic Warriors, right? Right. This is the third quarter Warriors. back, third quarter, coming out the gate, punching you in the face. This is it. Oracle's fired up. Yeah. And you could, like, you can feel the game changing. You go, like, there's, in your heart, you're going... This isn't good, you know. Like, We're texting each other, you know. Whatever the lead is, throw it out the window. Don't care. Give me the Warriors. Right? Yeah. We're like, we still expect the Warriors to win this game. Absolutely. Well, because at one point the Lakers were up twenty in the third quarter and ended up being. And like, I still believed in the Warriors. I know. I did too. If I was a betting man, right there, I would have. I would have taken the Warriors. Same. And then you know, it's like after Lance Stevenson hits the shot, all of a sudden it's like the Lakers just take over again. So with the little with the little guitar. Dance, I love it. Yeah, I know, I do too. Lance is just like one. He was so good in that game. <laughs> like Lance was awesome. It was definitely not the star-studded uh, game that I wanted. Right. I didn't think that Zubats, uh, <clears throat> Rondo, and Lance Stevenson was going to be like the premier game of the year. And like for once, Brandon Ingram down the stretch played well. Is it? Is it his time to shine? Yeah, I mean now that now that LeBron's hurt, this is it. Yeah, and everyone keeps talking about how he's been better when him and LeBron aren't on the court together. Like this is your chance to show it. All right, tin tin hat moment. Ready? Conspiracy. You might have seen it on Twitter. Here, I have. Here we go. Is LeBron milking this injury mm-hmm. so that he can see which players he wants to keep through this Anthony Davis trade? Yes. You think so? I do. You really do? Yeah. Oh, I love that you think it's happening. That's so incredibly entertaining. Dude, isn't it though? Like, think about it. If anyone would do that, like, if anyone is that cerebral to break that down and do, go through that process, it's him. It's him. And I can't wait for it in the 30 for 30 in, like, 15 years. Yeah, because this isn't, like, Cleveland where he signed these one-year, one-year, one-years. He signed a four-year contract. There's just going to be this clip of him with, like, the front-facing camera on his iPhone. He's going to be in his closet. He's going to be like, all right, guys, the date's December 27th. I'm here. I'm not actually hurt. I just want to see if Brandon Ingram could be that dude. And if he can't, I'm shipping him out for Anthony Davis. <laughs> that clip's going to play in the 30 for 30. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I know. It'll be called like the return of Showtime. Oh, man. It's going to be sweet. 
Well, did you see when he did that uh, interview with Rachel Nichols? He was like, no one wanted to come to Cleveland. He did. And, he, and, she, and then he was like, you know, I had some people. She's like, who? He's like, I won't say. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He'll, that'll probably be. There's going to be a book about him. And he's probably going to do like one of those books that Kobe did when it's done. Well, the, the more than an athlete's, if you're following that on yeah, ESPN+. Yeah, Plus. That's been awesome. I think they just uh, aired episode six. That's where I'm at, at least. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'm at, too. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes coverage on stuff that you didn't necessarily know at the time and, like, why did they make these decisions and stuff like that. So I'm excited to see behind-the-scenes stuff of what's happening now. Of course, we'll get that later in the future. So, you know, right now the report is he's going to miss a few games. It's a minor injury. They dodged a bullet. Um, are they good enough without him to keep afloat? I think they, I honestly, like, I think they are. I think, you know, the fact that they have veterans, they have the Rondos, they have the Stevensons, the Tyson Chandlers, JaVale McGee's to go with these Lonzos, Brandon Ingrams, and Kuzmas. I'm not necessarily thinking they're going to stay. Like, I don't think when they get back, he'll be, they'll still be, when he gets back, they'll still be the four seed. But I still think they stay in the playoff picture. So we've seen what this Laker team looks like without LeBron. That was last year. They weren't terrible. They were just young. <laughs> they were bad. They were bad. Yeah, I I don't like that. Tonight they play. They we're recording this on uh, Thursday. Thursday night. Um, it's almost ten o'clock. They play Sacramento tonight in Sacramento. Sacramento's favorite mm-hmm. for whatever it's worth. Then they play the Clippers. They play Sacramento again. So maybe it's a good thing they play Sac twice. Um, the Thunder and the Knicks. And the Timberwolves, Mavericks, Pistons. Is that Knicks game at home? Uh, no, it's in L.A. Okay, he'll be back by then. He's always in the Garden. He doesn't miss the Garden. No, it's in L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he can he could take off a few. They're fine. This this part of the schedule is fine. Yeah. So I'm not overly concerned about them. Um, I don't think they're going to drop out of the playoff hunt by any means. No, no, I, I think they'll be all right. But, yeah. So, um. Go ahead. The game itself, like, you know, like we said, when the Warriors make that run, and you're even, you're kind of like, well, Clay's not shooting well. Steph's not shooting well. It's all going to come together. They, they can't all four be off. <clears throat> I guess we can't really count Draymond anymore. Backpack, backpack. <laughs> Just sitting there with his book bag behind the three point line. <laughs> Walking up threes. So, 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 okay, so I went back and I watched some of that game to really see, like, how, why and how did the Warriors struggle so much? Are they in a slump? Was it something L.A. did? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I think there's a couple things that I noticed. One, and I don't know why we're not talking about it more. Uh, okay, so the Bengals. We're in Cincinnati. The, yeah. The Bengals hired Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. What is one huge advantage that Hugh Jackson would have? Um, he was the coach of the Cleveland Browns. He was the coach of the Cleveland Browns, right? So he should know the ins and the outs, their weaknesses, how to exploit them, how to defeat them. Luke Walton was the coach for the Warriors. Why? I don't know why we don't think that he would have, you know what I mean, kind of the blueprint for what their weaknesses are. He... He made practice schedules, right? He came up with a game plan for practice. How many times a year? So I, I just think that he knows a lot about this Warriors team. 
And that's a huge advantage. And yeah. then he put that plan into place. And that plan was KD gets nothing. Steph gets nothing. Clay gets pretty much nothing. Everyone else can have whatever they want. So when they're defending, they're not even paying attention to the basketball. They're, they didn't even care if there was a basketball on the court or not. All it was was we're just going to cover Durant and Curry mostly. Okay? Draymond can shoot whatever he wants. Iguodala can, and it paid off for Iguodala. Yeah, he played really well. Right, because he had those looks. They gave it to him. They said, all right, if Iguodala is going to beat us, sure. Uh, you know, what, is Draymond going to shoot us shoot us out the gym? No, we're good. You know, Sean Livingston's going to beat us? It, Kevon Looney? Kevon Looney? No, he couldn't. And Kevon Looney is not skilled enough, unfortunately. Right. You know what I mean? He's fumbling passes and stuff like that where – Kevon Looney's not going to beat you, and and he's just he doesn't have enough to to catch the pass and make a good play where Zubats could get back in time. So they just really, really covered those two in particular. And Draymond even said, you know, they played that gimmicky defense. He said that in a post game, and you could just tell he's like, I was just it was really weird. And Draymond would hesitate, and they Tyson Chandler would walk away from Draymond before he would shoot a three. And it screwed with him. You could tell. And so I think that... Playing the box and one. And they're like, you can't figure out the box and one in the NBA. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And, yeah, it was... was, I don't know. It was the first time where I was like, this team figured out how to beat the Warriors. It was the first time I feel like I've seen that in, what, four years? Yeah. Um, Yeah, because I think the last time I remember them beating was Brandon Ingram's rookie year. They beat him by 20 at the Staples Center. And honestly, what you also didn't mention, it's the first time LeBron's beat them in a game since the 2017 NBA Finals. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. But, um... And they have... They have some home losses this year. I'm trying to pull it up on how many bad home losses it is. But it's it's a handful. This is the weirdest panic I've ever seen in a team ever. Because it's like, I still feel like they're they're gonna win the championship... I still feel like they're the odds-on favorite, but it also feels like this is the end. It feels like the 98 Bulls. Like, I mentioned that a couple weeks ago, where and we're getting that 10-hour doc, which is, sure, um, I'm excited for it. I'm not going to lie to you. But it's it feels like this is just the end of the road, and everything's going on, and players don't trust each other. Michael and Scotty were, like, really getting going at each other's throats for a while that, that last year. You saw the Katie Durant thing. I mean, the Durant-Draymond uh, thing. It feels like it's just kind of culminating. It does. And it's so, a hell of a run. It's something we're going to talk about for years. Yeah. It is concerning to me that they have lost five games at home by 20 or more points. Yeah. That's a lot. And this team used to be, I mean, untouchable at home. You know, They lost uh, against Milwaukee at home, 134 to 111. They lost against Houston at home. Um They've lost against OKC at home, Toronto, or no. Yeah, Toronto at home, and now LA. All those teams are playoff teams, but 20 at home? And all the people that think, well, Cousins will come back and fix this. How do we know? What do we What do we know that we've seen that says he's going to come back and be his old self? Is Cousins going to be 20 points better than Looney? Right. I don't Like I don't know. I, I mean, don't he know. could be, sure, but what, what do we show that says that besides... 
you know, that's not just like it's like, oh, he hurt his ankle really bad. Like, Achilles for a seven-foot dude? You don't mess they're, around with that. They're reporting that he's still looking pretty slow and fragile in practices. Yeah, because I saw apparently there was a team executive that said time's ticking with him. Huh. Yeah. Like, they're going to have to, I mean, you got to think, it's gonna be, it's January. Where's your panic meter for Golden State right now? Three. Three? Yeah. I mean, you know. Three out of five. <laughs> I'm kidding. Out of ten? Yeah, yeah but okay. what's so funny about that is, like, it feels like, you know, if, if, if like, we talk about the Lakers, and we're like, okay, my panic meter's three. We're like, oh, okay, they're having a really good year. You know, we talk about the Bulls, three out of ten, and panic meter's like, they're just fucking stupid. The Warriors, three out of ten, which means there's, I feel good, seven, 70% of it is still like, oh, my God, we're at DEFCON 1. Everyone check, everyone cover. Like, it feels, it just, it feels like the last chapter. Do you think the top of the West is strong enough to really scare them before the finals, though? I think that there's going to be a team that can give them six games. You know, whether it's the Thunder, um, if we do get that Lakers Warriors one versus four, you know, I don't, I wouldn't put any, I wouldn't pick anyone to beat those teams. But I think, you know, I mean, OKC is the best matchup for Golden State, and we've seen it this year. They kick their ass. And I get it was a regular season game, and then maybe the Warriors are just being lackadaisical because they don't care about the regular season. But something feels off with this. Do you think Denver could make, yes. a, make a run at them? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you think... Other guys. Is Isaiah Thomas ever going to walk again? Yeah, I think that... I mean, it sounds like they're just bringing him in as slow as possible. You know, him and Michael Porter are just like, yeah, if we never play basketball again, that's... I made two million to do nothing this year. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like I thought that the Clippers, you know, could have been a a good team and stuff like that. And now I'm like, eh, Clippers are fine. By the way, that game Sunday was so good. The oh, Warriors Clippers game. We're yeah. here at my house watching it. Oh yeah, we we were recording a pod. And we got we got done with it and turned it on. And man, that was so good. Yeah. Steph, when Steph is on like that, is not fair. Okay, is Christmas Day Steph Curry a thing? Is this really a just thing about now? To ask. It has to be now, right? Five times in a row, he's yeah. had a rough game. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think he just doesn't care. You don't think he cares? I, th- I mean, not necessarily that. I think to him, it's just I don't. I don't think he's like hell yeah, Christmas Day hype up. I think it's to him. It's just oh, I went five for seventeen tonight. It's okay. Tomorrow I'll go ten of eleven. But he's got to know that there's a big game feel. You yeah. Know? Do you think that he buys into the fact that it's a big game? Um, Do you buy into the fact that some regular season games are bigger than others? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I think anytime LeBron James is in a game, you know, that obviously raises the intensity and the excitement. So, I don't know, man. Um, because realistically, if you look back to look back at the last three finals, and obviously he's been amazing. You know, he's a unanimous MVP for a reason. This isn't... Anyway, shape or form, me discrediting Steph. Steph's an unbelievable talent. I'm past my Warriors hatred. I've gotten over it. But right now, off the top of your head, thinking of the last three NBA Finals, with what you can remember in this moment, how many Steph Curry games do you remember? How many Steph Curry games do you remember that he was the one that took over? I think there was one last season. Right. Game three, he was... Game three. He was one of 11. No, game game four. Wait. Game one, he was pretty damn good. No, there was... Yeah. 
There was one game where he botched it, and then another game where he killed it. Yeah. Because game three, he was awful. He was like 0 of 8, and then he hit 3 in the fourth yeah. quarter. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I d- I'm not going to go and say that Kevin Durant thing doesn't work by any means, because they have two championships together. But I just think that sometimes... And he's the best shooter I've ever seen. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I agree. But there's sometimes when he does kind of shrink, and I feel like it's never mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's likable. He is. So I think he'll get the benefit of the doubt there. He has fun on the court a he's lot. He's the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah. Um, there's no If you say Steph Curry has this X amount of range, you are discrediting Steph Curry. Yeah. He's the greatest shooter of all time. He's fun. He's likable. You know... I, I think that he had a shot to be the face of the NBA about two years ago or so. Yeah. Um, I thought the tide was kind of turning and it was becoming his NBA for a minute. Again, why I think the 2016 NBA Finals is the most important finals in our, in our life. Yeah, I think LeBron kind of squashed that um, and kind of said, no, hold on, I'm I'm still the guy until I say I'm not the guy anymore. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I don't know. I think that that was Steph's chance to take it. He didn't, and I think that Steph went from number two and then fell back behind Kevin Durant. I did too. Because I think for a moment, people were like, oh, Steph's the best player in the world, not LeBron. I think for a moment, there was there was, oh, that there was most definitely there, right? that conversation. Right. When he was unanimous MVP that year, it was, no one's like Steph Curry. He's the best player in the world. This is it. They go to the finals. LeBron wins. Okay, wait, wait, wait. LeBron's the best player in the world. Steph should have got back on his high horse, said, all right, I'm number two. I'm just going to put my head down and get back to number one. And he didn't. He fell, he fell from number two to number three, Kevin Durant. And this is in my arbitrary head rankings that mean nothing, guys. I know that. I know that this isn't anything that's quantifiable or anything like that. Right. Um, but that's how I viewed it. I viewed it. You know what I mean? There, I thought that there kind of was an unspoken hierarchy and I think that Steph had his chance to to take his spot, but kind of shrunk. Yeah. I'll say this, too, about the Warriors. I think with what they've done for these for this decade, I think they're allowed to have a bad stretch. I think it's okay that they have a bad stretch. Yeah. Like, Clay Thompson. It's just a glitch. You think it's just a glitch in the system? Yeah, it's just a glitch in the system. Okay. Like, Clay Thompson, I think it's okay he's having a bad stretch for once. I mean, I don't ever know a time where I've seen Clay Thompson shoot a shot against my team and I'm comfortable. I've never been like, oh, that's fine. You know, so I th- it's all right. I think it, it was bound to happen at some point. They were going to have a stretch where they were just weren't great. But Draymond, I'm not saying this because I have been open about my feelings about him. I know you have too, in a good way, me in a bad way. Um, I have concerns. Yeah. I mean, one, he's off of your fantasy basketball team via trade now. Yeah. So you can openly talk about him. Shout out Wendell Carter Jr. That was a good trade for you. Dynasty League. It was. Um, yeah, I also have concerns on the offensive end. And Draymond knows that he's struggling on the offensive end. Yeah. He's saying it in, in post-game pressers. Um, he just, I don't know if he should be shooting threes anymore. Teams are leaving him at the top of the key to shoot threes. And it's just not working for him. And I don't right. know. I think that he needs to... Um, focus on what he does best in in the offense and that's facilitating and yeah really just focus on his strengths there yeah 
So before we go but, away from this but, game. But, uh, we've brought this up before. Draymond leads the team in assists like every year for the past four years. Yeah. He's their facilitator. He That needs to be the 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 main focus of him on offense. Yeah, because this is, I think right now, this is Kevin Durant's career in assists per game. That's not going to be effective for them. Right. He needs to, I mean, not saying he's not the sniper, but he kind of needs to be the sniper again. Yeah. And again, you know, while we're saying all these things, let's not discredit what the Lakers did. Because they were really good. They were. And, I mean, if that's the best game they play all year, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, you know, without, you know, the best player in the world, he gets hurt. And you don't, you don't have him for a quarter and a half. What did you think about how they handled after LeBron went in? Their rotation specifically. I was really impressed with how they played. Um, did I you think... like the personnel they put out? No. Okay. Who, I, who I really, want really wanted to see more Lonzo. With, when the game was close, it was like they went to Rondo. And I get it. Rondo's playing a lot of big games. He's played in atmospheres like that. But how are you supposed to develop Lonzo Ball into being this upper echelon point guard if you're not going to give him a chance in those games? If you're not going to give him a chance in a game when the Warriors make this huge run, they're down two, they, they have the home court behind their back, Putting him on a Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. Yeah, how's he gonna learn? I don't know what applicable experience looks like. If that's not it, right? Right. Like, so what's his first time getting that real pressure of like? Because he's never played on a winning team before. No, ever. UCLA was good. UCLA, right? But they weren't but, awesome. But they got bounced in the Sweet Sixteen by UK by Darren Fox. Darren Fox. Uh, so like. I'll, I'll say that he played in, in pressure in UCLA, which is different, which is totally different. Yeah, it is. But he's never had, you know, the pressure in the NBA yet against, you know, just everyone you're going against is just so much better. And right. I, I would just like to, to know, like, when's the first time you're going to put him in against against someone in a pressure situation? I would have thought that, that That's Christmas... That's the perfect one. Yeah, I thought that was the perfect one. It, it felt like... Like a playoff game, right? Yeah, because no one expected the Lakers to win. This was your kind of, you know what I mean? Especially when they made the comeback. It was like, okay, the Lakers lost this one. That was your kind of your chance. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have played Rondo, because Rondo played well. You know, obviously, but... I think, honestly, I think that you go, you're only up by two. They're on that huge run. That's the perfect time to put in Lonzo. 100% agree. Because if you lose it, I don't think at that point we were expecting the Lakers to keep it. Right, and that's my if point. If you do keep it, Lonzo gets the credit. If you don't keep it, I don't think he would have got the blame. I think they would have just said, wow, the Warriors did what they, they warriored. Yeah, exactly. And then with Ingram, I know the stat sheet makes it look like he had a really good game. He didn't. I mean, he ended plus 13, but there was a point in the game when he was the only Laker in the minus on the plus minus. And that was at, that was near the end of the third quarter. He yeah. was the he only had player. He four fouls. He had six points. Um. You know, he did play well down the stretch, you know, but it also felt like it was when the game was kind of out of hand that he was making shots. Yeah. And again, I know I've been pretty hard on Brandon Ingram this year. I just expected more. I mean, again, I'm always right. Uh, as you know that, we're pretty open about that on this podcast. I'm always right. Uh, before the season, I don't know. Have we seen a guy matter more to a team without scoring than Tyson Chandler has in his Laker run so far this year? I don't know, like Tyson Chandler. I don't really either, but, I mean, you can't say he hasn't paid dividends for him. He has. I just think, like, he did the thing where he walked away from Draymond. 
I've just seen that. I've just seen him walk away from people too many times. Where like, I don't know. Are you being psycho? Are you being psychological, or are you just like not playing defense at the moment? The year he won defensive player of the year, he wasn't even all defense. Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. So I, the last... I do know that without him, the Suns are like the worst off. They're literally like points in the paint. They allow the most points in the paint, and that's a testament to DeAndre Ayton too. So yeah, I, I think he's gonna be really good still though. Aiden? Yeah. On defense? No. Okay. But I think he has a chance of being absolutely horrible on defense. DeAndre Aiden. Yeah. I think that right now he's really bad, but I think that he has a chance of just his whole career is just being really bad. Yeah. Um I think I think that's probably a good point. Yeah. I would I I'm I'm gonna try to do a DeAndre Aiden defense deep dive. DeAndre deep defense dive. <laughs> I'm good I'm cool with that. I like that. Expect that soon. So last Christmas game, we don't really care at this point. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch this. I was, uh, I was consumed with uh, sweets and stuff like that. And I think by this time, I've, I've been passed out. So yep, uh, I didn't catch this game to be honest. So Rudy Gobert had a really, good, really, really awesome game defensively. Okay, he had fourteen boards and seven blocks. Wow. Yeah. When's the last time a player got the double digit blocks? Yeah, I can't remember one off the top of my head. Has Hassan Whiteside done it? I think recently, probably. I'm sure Anthony Davis probably got close or has done it. The old double double. Yeah. Remember Draymond that year was a triple double without scoring points. <laughs> he had like six points, but he had like ten, ten, and ten. Man, that's if I was their coach. <laughs> that's how my guy would play. Yeah. So. But overall, I mean, the Jazz got the win. Dov Mitchell looked good. He's got his sneakers coming out. Good for him. Oh, I really like his sneakers, man. I do, too. I think Adidas, that's like the best Adidas basketball shoe in a long time. Actually, kind oh. of look at it. His numbers do not look good. Chill, man. I'm wearing Adidas right in front of you. but I know. Yeah. It's fine. You know, Drake didn't go to Adidas for a reason. Okay, this is a guy that has Spotify music now. <laughs> Let me get you put my beanie back to where my hairline still shows and I'll get my Starbucks cup and put my thick frame glasses on. All right. <laughs> Anyways. So, but overall, I mean, when this team gets Jabari Parker, I'll tell you. All right, I'm done talking about this team. <laughs> um, we talk about Justice Winslow? Yeah, something I'm working on. Yeah. Um, well, Justice Winslow got announced as the starting point guard by... Uh, for the Miami Heat by Eric Spolster, their coach. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened the other day. And I thought, well, this is crazy because Justice Winslow, uh, you know, by all accounts, is not a point guard. He, mm-hmm. you know, I think he was drafted as a um, small forward. He's been playing a lot of power forward. Um, he's also gone to center in small ball lineups, similar to like a Stanley Johnson has. Uh, every once in a while where they'll play him as center where it's really cool to see like a six seven hyper athletic wing play center it's really it's really cool to see you'll see like ronde hollis jefferson do it every once in a while too so um i thought wow this is really this is really kind of a weird thing they're doing so i went back and i watched the last five miami heat games which tim you know me how much fun do you think i had watching the miami what are you doing? What are you showing me? 
So the Bucks Knicks Christmas game Tuesday. The final is one hundred nine ninety five. Okay. Right now in their game, the Bucks are leading one ten to ninety six. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. Yeah, but the Miami Heat are not fun. Yeah, so they so are not great. I have been very open, and this is again one of the hills that I'll die on. Watching a Miami Heat basketball game is like pulling teeth to me. Okay, so I said I'm going to watch the last five. Miami Heat basketball games. Tim, I watched five Miami Heat basketball games. I I deserve something for that. Yeah. Well, I'm getting nothing for it, clearly, so thank you. I watched it. And, I gave you a hat. And you know what I saw when I watched that? I saw Justice Winslow as the starting point guard already, Tim. Mm-hmm. He's been playing point guard. He just wasn't named point guard. He's been point guard. It's been a thing. He's been good as a point guard, too. He, his timing is still not there. But he's been good. Um, I don't know. I didn't watch a ton of this team when they had Goran Dragic. But he's out for you know what sounds like it's going to be about two months. Yeah. Um, he's good as a point guard. I really like their, uh, their backcourt. Being him and uh, Richardson, mm-hmm. man. With Wade coming off the bench. That's a lot of defense in your face, which is awesome that they have that perimeter defense because Hassan Whiteside cannot play perimeter defense. He, nope. He can't move his feet at all. He's just going to stand in the lane and block shots, which is perfect. That team loves to get back on defense. They play at a really slow pace. They want to get back. They don't crash the boards. They just want to get back and play defense. So he's awesome for that. Um, Richardson's a bit of a ball stopper. So, you know, I think that... Because, you know, right away I'm just like, well, just give it to Richardson. He scores 20 points a game. He's very talented on that team. Just give it to him. But he's he's definitely a ball stopper. If he gets the ball, I mean, he's usually shooting it. Um, Overall, I was impressed, man. I really was. Uh, like I said, his timing a few times was off. You could tell. Uh, it kind of reminded me of a quarterback that has a new receiver where, like, you know, the receiver breaks but doesn't turn back. And it's like, no, you're supposed to turn back there. You know, but we'll get it, you know. Um, and for people that say he doesn't have the handles, it's just not true. He does. He can, you know, I'm not saying dribbling between your legs makes you, you know, Kyrie Irving by any means. I think that I think that most people that have, it doesn't. I think that most people that have picked up a basketball can dribble between their legs. But I'm saying he can he can do some moves and still be able to drive um, off the dribble. And you know his his handles are definitely adequate. So um, I really don't have many knocks on it, man. I really do like it. I really do. I do. I think that overall the position. Of point guard, we always talk about positionless basketball, and it's it's corny to just say it's not positionless basketball. We've heard it a million times, but now it's at the point where it's like, what do you have to be to be a point guard? What like, what do you have to be? Is Ben Simmons a point guard because he doesn't shoot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah point. He is right. Like, like does that make him a forward just because he just because he goes to the lane a lot and doesn't shoot threes? Or does it make him a guard because he takes the ball up the court? There's just like Jalen Rose said it best where we make up positions to help uh, amateurs understand basketball better. 
I think Eric Spolster is basically saying Justice Winslow is going to be the guy by default, and it's going to be carrying the ball up the court. Okay, there's going to be other people. James Johnson carries the ball up the court a good amount. Um, Dwayne Wade carries the ball up the court off the bench a lot too. So there's other people that will. Um, but I think just it, it just means by default that's who's going to be bringing the ball up the court, and, he, and he's fine. He's he's you know getting about four assists a game. He's he's average as a as a point guard. He's he's good. So yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes, man. Yeah, um, I liked him a lot coming out coming into the league. Um, I liked him a lot at Duke. Actually, I liked all three of those guys at Duke and <laughs> him, Tyus Jones, and Jaleel Okafor. Yeah. Ugh. Oof. Ah. Definitely better at college team. Yeah. Also, if you look at the wings that uh, Coach K has had, he went. All right, you got to help me through here, college guy. So wings, Justice Winslow. Mm-hmm. Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, Bagley. Is Bagley a wing? Not really. They use no, him as a big, big man. They use Wendell Carter and him as big men. Mm. But Wendell Carter was kind of... I'm not just saying excuse yeah. the bull, but Wendell Carter just kind of cleaned up his messes. Yeah. Um, there's definitely another guy in there or whatever. But it, like... I mean, Luke that's Luke Kennard. There you go. Yeah. But it's just been back to back to back to back. It kind of goes back to my point of... And these are all top ten picks as wings. Right. That's kind of... I mean, that's his bread and butter. Yeah, it goes back to my point of, you know, we said the Warriors are allowed to have a bad run. I think Duke was allowed to miss on a wing or miss, miss on a player because they've just been outstanding since Kyrie Irving got drafted. Yeah. And you also look at Coach K coaching USA basketball and his wings. I mean... Mel- LeBron, Durant, we Mel- talk about Mel- we talk about oh Siri's looking up chicken wings for me. Thank you, Siri. Uh, we talk about Melo as USA basketball. I mean, that's because he was a wing under Coach K, and I think that Coach K wings are good. I think that's a thing. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, just ask you. You're a Bulls fan. You have Jabari Parker. Living, yeah, living it up. Right. What's happening with Jabari? Dude, he's been trade eligible for 15 days, and he's still not moved. I think, crazy, I think the Bulls were lying. I don't think there's a market for him. What? You don't think there's a market for a $20 million expiring? <laughs> no. I do. I mean, depending on the... Yeah, maybe. I think... Houston? Houston. Houston get out of something? Yeah. Some shitty team that just... Washington? They, they I keep know. saying Utah. Sure. Yeah. Derek Favors? Is that... Yeah, which I mean, that's I think they're both just Ugh. rough players, yeah. Ugh. right? Ugh. I forget about Derek Favors all the time until the next time I think about Derek Favors. Same. It's not like he's a player that's constantly. I'm like, you know, Derek Favors, and this, I'm like he might be the most forgotten about player in the league. Yeah. How much does he make? Thirty. A lot. He's <laughs> thirty-three million or something. Yeah, because I think he he got signed during that huge like. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything we else we we didn't touch on? I think we touched it all, Tim. Touched it all. Good deal. Well, I know we had said we were only going to do one episode this week, but the Christmas Day games were jam-packed, and we were missing talking hoops. So we had to get something in. To We did. Yeah, and also, if you are listening to this on Friday, the day comes out. So if you want to be entered in our LeBron James Funko Pop contest, the deadline is 9 p.m. Eastern time, Friday night. U.S. only. U.S. only. 
the leadership. So, in the head, it's our pin tweet right now. You can see what the rules are, how you can be entered into the contest, what you need to do if you want to get additional entries into the contest, um, and then we will probably announce that winner Sunday morning. So, and then we'll be reaching out for addresses and all that fun stuff. So, um, thank you all who have participated. That was the first time running a contest. We just want to kind of get our dip our feet in and see how it goes. Uh, shout out again to everyone for giving us such nice, nice compliments on our new look, our new uniforms. Um, yeah, we're really excited about the logo change and the new paint job, as Sean calls it. Yeah, it's very fresh. Yeah, are we doing an intro? Did we already do an intro? We haven't done one yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> see you guys. See you, man.